0: Welcome to the Liberty Block. I'm Elliot Axelman. This is going to be a short video just about gun control laws. I realized that we've written a lot of articles and done a lot of videos about gun control or specific cases with firearms or ATF cases and rules and bans and court cases and just about generally about firearms, but we haven't really done an article or a video on the case against all gun control. Someone posted in the Joe Jorgensen group, the big libertarian party candidate group as a few thousand people, asking seemingly genuinely, if you want to assume she's honest, asking how libertarians feel about gun laws and how they can not be uncomfortable or afraid with with total uh, anarchy, essentially, with with no gun laws. And asked, how can you be comfortable with there being no registration or No gun laws at all, no restrictions, and nothing legally stopping uh, an evil person or a psychotic person from getting a hold of uh, firearms. So I kind of looked through all my articles, searched for 2A and, and gun control and all that. I looked through all my articles, and I couldn't find an article that was perfect to answer that question because we haven't really written such an article that just explains straight up, simply, the arguments against all gun laws, explaining why we, at least me, Can't speak for anyone else, but at least Alu Axelman believes there should be no restrictions on the right to own any uh, firearms or firearms accessories or ammunition. So I I wrote down, started jotting some things down, and I, I came up with I think three different types of arguments, and we're going to go through them in this video. We published the article the other day. This video will be in the article, and the article link will be in this video description, as well as in the show notes for the podcast. So, the, the three different arguments, I'll start with the constitutional argument, which is my least favorite argument, and I'll explain why. According to the U.S. Constitution, Amendment Number 2, it says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It doesn't say shall be infringed for common sense gun regulation. It doesn't say shall be infringed if politicians want it to be infringed. It doesn't say shall be infringed if there's a majority vote, you know democracy. It doesn't say that politicians nor judges can infringe on gun rights. It doesn't say judges can rule any time that, that certain things oh, McDonald versus whatever or D.C. versus Heller or any other case. It doesn't say that. It says it shall not be infringed. Now, unfortunately, the founders, one of their many, many mistakes is they didn't put an enforcement mechanism into this. What would have been great is if they would have said something like shall not be infringed and any politician or judge who seeks to infringe on it shall be hanged immediately you know then we'd have a slightly different you know makeup of of firearms laws in the country right if the first person who ever made a firearms law in the US and any politician who supports it any cop who supports it you know was held accountable for violating the constitution but since Nearly 100%, maybe 99.999% of people in the U.S. are really sheep. They don't really stand up to people, to the politicians and the judges and the law enforcement and everyone who violates our Second Amendment rights that are supposed to be guaranteed by the Second Amendment. Nobody really fights back. So, right now, you know, conservatives say they support gun rights, but then they also say you got to obey the law. Well, if there are gun laws, you, that's a conundrum, right? That's hypocrisy. You have to pick one. You have to either support the law, and the law says, like in New York City, for instance, where I lived for 10 years, the law says no one can own any firearms unless you're a cop. Um, If you're not a cop, it's extremely difficult, and it's it's a may-issue permit system, and guess what? They never do issue permits unless you have millions of dollars to bribe them, or unless you can somehow convince the commissioner that you are in imminent danger and you will be killed within a second. Then maybe they'll give you a, a firearms permit. It's essentially impossible in New York City. So when they do infringe on their Second Amendment rights, conservatives don't hang the politicians. They don't even say you're violating the Constitution. They obey like the good little sheep they are. That's why any conservative in New York City is you know, essentially a, a weak sheep who, who doesn't really care about their natural rights. Another big issue with, with the Constitution is, is, and we see this a lot, one judge anywhere, any federal judge, one judge in the Ninth Circuit, or any federal judge on any other level, or the Supreme Court, can rule that the Constitution totally means something it doesn't mean. Right now, if they say that the Constitution means something, that is the law, and all of you sheep obey that as the law. So for instance, if the Supreme Court tomorrow, or whenever they go back into session, if in the next day at work they accept a firearms case, a Second Amendment case, and they say, you know what, today, at least five of us, you know, five of the majority of the nine Supreme Court justices, if five of them somehow feel that the founders really intended for, you know, didn't intend for people to have the right to bear arms at all, and therefore no one in the U.S. can have any gun rights and all gun rights are abolished, if the Supreme Court says that, the sheep will accept it. And nearly every single gun owner, even the, you know, badass ones who think they're tough, every single gun owner will give in their guns if they have to, if that's what judges say. So a few lawyers who are wearing black robes who have turned into politicians can totally rewrite the Constitution and claim to reinterpret what the authors of the Constitution meant it's, it's unbelievable that's why the constitutional argument is, is weak but also forgetting you know the uh, the corruption and the nonsense and, and the malfeasance of a lot of the politicians and judges what happens if the, the US Constitution is actually amended you know it can be amended by as, uh, 66% of the House and the Senate, I believe, and then if, if uh, three-quarters of the states ratify that amendment, I believe. So it's a high threshold, but it can be amended. It has been amended. In fact, it's been amended technically like uh, over 20 times, I believe. So it can be amended, and then once it's uh, once the Constitution is amended, amended to uh, strike the Second Amendment, to get rid of it, then conservatives no longer have a constitutional argument. So pro-gun people who have used that argument as their sole argument are now totally screwed and they have to give up their guns because they they lost the argument. That's why this is my least favorite of the three. On to the second argument, and this is my favorite, I think. It's the human rights argument. Not human rights like ACLU, like, oh, we all have civil rights to do something. What I mean is property rights. Now, property rights, if you're not familiar with it, it is the core, according to most people who believe in freedom, uh, conservatives, libertarians, anarchists, voluntarists, people who support freedom generally recognize that every single freedom and every right, every human right, every natural right, stems from the, the property rights doctrine. And simply put, it's pretty broad, but simply put, property rights means that a person, every single natural-born human being, has a natural, inherent right to own and use them their property and themselves. And they have control over their body and their property. Any justly acquired property, if it's if it's your clothes on your back, if it's money that you made, if it's a car or house, all the property that you justly acquired, meaning meaning didn't steal. So if you bought it or found it, or inherited it, you have one hundred percent control over that. A government agent cannot come to your house and take it away from you. Of course, now in the US that does happen all the time. We've written an article about that that's linked into this article. But Property rights essentially means that you own your property, you own your own body, obviously, and it cannot be infringed at all. Not for common sense regulation, not, well, if you own something that could be dangerous, then you can't own that kind of property because cars are dangerous, firearms can be dangerous, anything can be used as a weapon. So again, once you start blurring the lines, you're violating the principle and you're you're essentially creating a, a slippery slope. So th- this is my favorite argument. It's people don't don't think of it a lot as, as property rights, but owning any piece of property, even if it happens to be made of polymer and steel, like most pistols nowadays, that's still property. You know, people think property might mean only a house, but your house your house is your property. Your car, your money, your firearms, ammunition, your accessories, even your bump stocks, which are now illegal, it's property. So if they say it's illegal to own a certain kind of property, that is a violation of property rights. And again. Politicians who do that should be held accountable for that. Now there is a second natural right that they're violating when when politicians create gun laws or or judges or police when they enforce these gun laws. If you infringe on any any right to own firearms or accessories or ammunition, you're violating another natural right. Self-defense. Nearly every person in the world, I assume, would agree that self-defense is a natural right. In fact, animals have the right to self-defense. When the lion attacks the zebra, the zebra can run away and can fight back. Um, No one would say that the zebra should not be able to fight back and should have to uh, lie there and get killed by the lion, right? Uh, We see this again with porcupines. They have their own kind of self-defense. It's uh, spiky, sharp quills, I suppose, that could hurt attackers. And skunks use a different approach. They they spray out a a foul smell. So skunks have their self-defense. And a lot of other animals just use their claws, maybe or they'll bite, dogs will bite you if, if you try to attack them, they can defend themselves. But humans don't have a right to self-defense in this United Socialist Republic of America where where most states and most cities have pretty strict gun control. So they're violating your self-defense rights, which are you know natural human rights that are supposed to be guaranteed by the constitution. They violate your property rights that are natural human rights that are supposed to be protected by the constitution. And the constitution has failed to do, to do that. I think there's a great quote I believe it was Lyson or Spooner, but it could be someone else from a few hundred years ago. I'll try to get the quote right. It said the Constitution either created the government that we have today or it was powerless to stop it. So either way, the Constitution is, is essentially a negative thing and maybe even the, the worst thing because it created this government. It created the current government that we have now with the thousands of gun laws and 70,000 pages of taxes and all the corruption and tyranny this, the U.S. Constitution created that government. And if for you conservatives who are naive, who say, no, they, they don't follow the Constitution anymore, we just need to make them follow the Constitution, well, you know, you can't make them, so the Constitution created it, or it was just failed to, you know, stop the government from growing. So clearly the Constitution was not effective. And we'll, we'll talk more about that later in another article, maybe even a book. Now, the third and final reason that a person could use to argue against all gun laws or you know just a third reason why i would tell you that we shouldn't have any any kind of restrictions on firearms or accessories or ammunition is the practical application so so the first was constitution the second was the was on principle and i know i tend tend to be more principle and logical and a lot of others tend to be more practical which is which is totally fine because you do have to be pragmatic sometimes the practical argument is this gun control does not work it does not there there's loads of information I think there's a website called Crime Research Cent- Center, I believe, but we'll we'll find it and we'll link the, the exact website. It explains a lot of a lot of these facts, figures, data, proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that gun control does not work. I believe 98% of mass shootings in the last who knows how many decades since they started tracking mass shootings, 98% occurred in gun-free zones. Now, what a gun-free zone is, it's a fight, it's a area, so it could be a city or, or neighborhood where politicians have made it a crime to own a gun. Therefore, law-abiding citizens, by definition, don't own firearms, but guess who still does? Criminals. So they're literally pro-criminal zones. They're soft target zones. They're criminal-free zones. They're, they're law-abiding you know, gun owner-free zones, because they're, by definition, can't be a law-abiding gun owner there, and criminals know that. So firearms laws don't work. The, the most dangerous cities in the country, you could look at the list of the top five, top 10, top 20 most dangerous cities, they're all cities run by Democrats with strict gun control. New York City has the strictest gun laws. They're among the most dangerous. Baltimore, very strict gun laws. It is the most dangerous, the highest homicide and violent crime per capita in the country every single year by far. And Baltimore has been run by Democrats for, for decades and decades, maybe even a century. And it's, it's very dangerous and there's strict gun control. Chicago, extremely Democrat, extremely dangerous, also extremely tight gun control. The same, I believe, goes for L.A., I believe St. Louis... New Orleans, a lot of these cities have tough gun control, meaning law abiding citizens can't really get firearms and they're extremely dangerous. So they simply do not work. And I've said this in other videos, I think, but I I probably can't find it in the hundreds of videos we've done. When a, a criminal, when a person is going to use a firearm to murder someone or murder someone, you know, in any other way, if they are intent on killing someone, and again, I admit that this happens, they are bad people. There are currently bad people already. So saying that some murder will occur in this anarchist system is not a great argument because some murder does occur in this system that you support, the system with millions of gun control laws. So yes, there will still be murder in my ideal system. There will be some murder, unfortunately, in every single system, unless you are living in the ideal utopia heaven, which I don't think exists. So if a person is is going to murder someone, either because they, they are evil... And they don't mind taking a life or because they're they're sociopathic or psychotic and then they don't see the the value in other life right those are generally the two kinds of people who who would commit murder i believe generally speaking if someone is is about to do this they're about to go out and do this act that there could be three things potentially that could stop them right the first is getting over the 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 three hurdles the first hurdle is is the moral one right you have to morally get over in your brain before you go out of your house with your gun to kill someone you have to morally get over the, the moral, ethical dilemma of murdering someone, of taking the life from another person. And, and of course, I assume everyone watching this would agree that, that it, that's a tremendous hurdle to overcome. Even those in the military who killed evil terrorists or soldiers, the, you know a lot of them have issues after taking the life. It's a very big deal, right? They get over that hurdle. The second hurdle is, is simply just force on force, or fear, or the physical hurdle, of the fear of if I try to kill someone, they might defend themselves and successfully kill me. So if, if I got over the first hurdle and I were evil, didn't mind taking life, I would still hesitate to go out and kill someone because I know that if I try to kill them, it, I might not be successful, they might successfully defend themselves and kill me. So that's two tremendous hurdles you have to get over. The morals and the fear of someone defending themselves, right? So this murderer, be it the evil kind of murderer or the sociopathic kind of murderer, got over two hurdles. Now was a third hurdle. This hurdle, they got over those two, but this hurdle will surely stop them. Nearly every person in the U.S., every person in the U.S. besides for anarchists, believes that this third hurdle will definitely stop the evil and sociopathic murderers. You know what this one is? It's a piece of paper saying you need a permit to own a firearm and you can only have 10 rounds in your magazine piece of paper they got over the hurdle of the moral dilemma of taking a life they got over the hurdle of killing someone and not being afraid that they will kill them in self-defense but do you really think it takes it takes some incredible mental gymnastics or double think to believe that a piece of paper saying you know that a piece of paper saying that one more crime is going to stop them. Now, I actually forgot that there's a, a third thing before before the uh, piece of paper stopping them. The third thing is the law. So, of course, murder is illegal. So they have to get over commit. You know, committing uh, the most heinous of crimes, murder. So they get over murder, they get over the moral dilemma of taking a life, and they get over the fear of self-defense. But a few papers saying that their magazine can only have 10 rounds or 15 rounds, depending on the arbitrary anti-freedom authoritarian politician who made that law, so they get over the the three biggest hurdles, but one more additional piece of paper. But no, we have a lot of gun laws, but now this new gun law will stop them. Let's ban bump stocks. That'll stop all murder. Those who want to commit murder will commit murder. Even if firearms cease to exist, murder would still happen. As the legend has it, Cain killed Abel with a rock, right? The first murder ever. Of course, the first human ever alive essentially killed uh, another person with a, a rock. Now, we've seen nowadays... don't have to just use rocks they can use cars as we've seen a lot of terrorists use vehicles to kill tons of people they can use all sorts of bombs and or or uh biologic gases and other biologic weapons so even without firearms there would still be murder unfortunately again you you can never outlaw murder if if criminals did follow the law all you'd have to do is make murder illegal which we've already done you know uh, centuries ago so criminals clearly clearly still murder so they don't follow the law so if they're not going to follow the law against homicide. They're not going to be afraid of the moral dilemma. They're not going to be afraid of self-defense. You really think one, a few more papers, one new law that we're going to pass next session, that's going to stop them? Ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. Now, as for the final point that we make in the article, is but, but there are mentally ill people. Still, I don't want, you know, if there are no permits at all, mentally ill people can get firearms. Well, there are no permits or requirements in, in New Hampshire or Wyoming or plenty of other states, and they're the safest states. But the, the mentally ill concept, and we've written a whole article about this that we'll link, to say that people who are mentally ill shouldn't get firearms sounds like it makes sense, and it does. People who are psychotic and dangerous, of course, shouldn't have firearms. That being said, who gets to define mentally ill? It's actually not that simple. There are many types of mental illness. Some might actually preclude someone from owning a firearm, according to reasonable people, like being psychotic. Everyone would agree that psychotic people shouldn't, You know, be running around with guns. What about depression? Maybe they post a suicide risk, maybe a homicide risk, maybe they don't. What about anxiety? Really bad anxiety, people can go freak out and kill people. What about PTSD? Well, it could be interesting. That could be dangerous if they have a firearm. There are a a lot of these disorders. Even really bad ADHD could be a a little, you know, manic. So, if we include all of these mental illnesses, which they're all officially mental illnesses, then guess what? According to the CDC, over 50% of Americans will have at least one of these mental illnesses in their lifetime. So to say that no one who's mentally ill should have a firearm would literally preclude over half of the Americans, half of the humans in America, 150 million people from ever owning a firearm. So it's not that simple. But even furthermore, if you let the government decide that someone's mentally ill can have a firearm, guess what? Republicans think that atheists, and transgenders, and maybe even homo- homosexuals, are insane, are mentally ill. So you get the wrong Republican in office, and all gay people just lost their right to keep in their arms. You get a Democrat in office, and a lot of Democrats think that Christians and conservatives and pro-gun people, and people who don't support PLN and people who deny global warming, are mentally ill. So now you go. There you go. Now 100 million conservatives who don't believe in the global warming propaganda are now considered mentally ill and can never own a firearm see what I'm getting at here? There are, it's, it's a trap. It's a black hole if you allow for the mentally ill to be uh, prevented from ever having firearms. We've written about this plenty of other times, so I don't need to go too far to detail here. Just the one last thing I'll, I'll close with is, you know, the, another time, another kind of argument when people say, well, a mentally ill person or a dangerous person or an evil person can get a can get hold of a firearm and kill people. Yeah, that's already happening now. In fact... Furthermore, not only do some dangerous, psychotic, evil people get a hold of firearms and kill people, a lot of those who do kill innocent people, psychotic, dangerous people, are actually government agents. And we have thousands of links of cops who are either evil or psychotic and go rogue and start killing innocent people. As we saw with Brailsford, and we saw with Derek Chauvin, and, and thousands, maybe millions of others. So, again, in the current system, it's pretty, it's got all those issues in the current system, but in our current system... The good, law-abiding citizens like my mother, my father, my family members, who happen to live in pretty Democrat-controlled states where guns are illegal, they can't even, even the, they can't even the playing field. They can't defend themselves. In this system, there are plenty of evil people, but self-defense is illegal for the good people. In my system, there might still be evil people, but at least self-defense is legal. That's it from LibertyBlock.com. This is Alu Axum. i saying goodnight. Thank you very much. Let me know what you think in the comments below, and I will see you next time.